I'm yeah. open to receive all this feedback because I know it's for my growth and development. Where most people, that stuff happens to them. It's like so much resistance. I don't want to feel that. I don't want to see that. And you spend so much energy like, oh, and it's just debilitating. That's where sickness comes from and all that other stuff. Welcome to the Have It All podcast. I'm Elon Ferdman, and along with my brother Guy, we're Satori Prime. We've spent the last 16 years on a quest of mastery, and not just in business, all areas. Mastery of our finances, our bodies, our relationships, and most importantly, our minds. You see, while most people fantasize about their dream life, we went out and created it. And you bet we learned a few things along the way. So if you want to gain new skills and tools that will help you achieve the life of your dreams, well, you've come to the right place. So get ready to have your mind expanded. Implement what you learn here today, and you'll start living the life of your dreams instead of just, well, dreaming about it. So are you ready to have it all? Let's go. Well, my fellow Satorians, it has come to our attention that many of you are not yet aware of some massive news in the Satori Prime world. So let me let you in on a not so little secret right now. So Guy and I have recently created an app that you can now download on your iPhone or your Android device just by searching for Satori Prime in either iTunes or the Google Play Store. Or if you want, you can even download it directly to your desktop by going to app satoriprime.com and the reviews are in and they are lively things like life-changing i love the gamification i share this with everyone in my life and my favorite how is this free so if you want to join your fellow satorians in our very own exclusive community then like i said head either to your itunes or google play store and search for satori prime or simply go to app.satoriprime.com and install it on your desktop So as soon as you join, what we're going to do is we're going to give you access not only to our amazing community, we're also going to give you access to a completely free 10-part transformational mini-series that we've never released anywhere else. And this is where you can begin to uncover all of these limiting beliefs and start upgrading them. Things like money, overwhelm, procrastination. You'll get to see how you can create accountability in your life like never before, and you'll get to experience life in a whole new way. So if you haven't done so already, come join our Satorian family today. Make sure to go download that app. And now it's time for the episode. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Have It All podcast. Elon here. I actually have Guy here too with me today. (laughs) And a really, really special, awesome guest, which I am I'm giddy with excitement. So our guest today is Robert Christensen. He runs a company called Motive for Life. Um, And we had a pre-interview where both of us were like, wait, what? Yes? What? Really? At one point I said to Robert, I was like, it's like like my words coming out of your mouth. (laughs) It's just so cool. So Robert, first of all, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Awesome. And um, tell people what you're about and then we'll, we'll jump into all the cool stuff. Uh, well, I think primarily for foremost, I'm about helping people succeed in life, whatever success definition is, right? We don't know what success definition has become anymore with so many changes in the world today. So, you know, that true north, whatever that was, kind of got blown up several years ago. And so everybody's kind of floating around figuring out, hey, what do I do? Primarily through my own personal journey, I'm all about raising individual self-worth. People who 
it's the keystone of all success, right? If you don't feel worthy of attainment of success, there is nothing you can do specifically at the subconscious level because that stuff just reaches right back up. Self-sabotage pulls you right back down again and you wonder what the hell just happened. How come I cannot stay focused? How come I can't stay on a diet? How come I can't, you know, go ask those people for that money? And if I do get the money, how come I blow it all? You know, it just goes on and on and on. So, I found that to be the case in my own life because I just kept on cycling up and down, up and down. I never hit past a certain level. And by all measures of a man, I've been successful. I'm a, you know, I've got three great kids. I've been married 25 years, you know, and all those things that on the outside were, were good for me, right? I'm a good father, a good husband. But boy, there's this, this yearning inside. I just knew I was capable of doing more, but I never could get there. And I've done, pick a program. You know, going all the way back to Wallace Waddles, right? And start reading everything from there and working my way through all the Napoleon Hills. And uh, God, I've been to a number of Tony's uh, seminars, which I love doing those things, right? But it never seemed to stick. Yep. Never stuck. And then one day, like a lightning bolt, and I'm driving down the street. I remember it specifically. I went, oh my God, what's the most obvious thing for why somebody stops doing the things that the most important for them? What is it? It's got to be that they don't feel worthy of the result. Boom. And just like that, I was on this path of lifting my own personal self-worth. And this, since that time, it's been like an escalator, right? It just goes up. I plateau a little bit, get used to that new success. And then I go up again, plateau, and then up again and up again. And now, now it, and here's the real question. What do you want? Yep. What do you want? What do you want to do? Right? Because now we know what the problem is. And so I wrote a book called The Bug in Our Brain. I released it last month. Nice. Uh, it's wonderful. It, it hit a bestseller category on Amazon. So I'm just super stoked about that. Yeah. Boom. And The Bug in Our Brain is self-worth, worthiness. This uh, old programming we got when we were young that basically set our identity. And once your identity is set, your subconscious will constantly return to that identity self-worth setting. And then the law of attraction kicks in and then you just look around. That's your worthiness, whatever you're getting right now. Yep. And as soon as you start changing that lower self-setting of worthiness, boom, 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 you're back on the road to getting some things that you want. So I've been started this coaching company, Motive for Life. It's also a publishing company. I speak. And I'm actually at the same time in the real working field, doing what I do. I'm a cloud computing executive. I'm one of maybe 10 people in the world that do what I do in the cloud. And I'm an executive. We well, just- Hold on, before we move on to anything else, yes. what is the cloud? That's the question. That <laughs> 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 um, you know, if you ask me to get that answer? <laughs> yeah, you know, what's really funny is that I've been a technologist since I've been 16, right? I started programming computers when I was 16. And I've always been an entrepreneur, right? I always started technology companies. I always got like this, but I never could get them off the ground. And then when all this stuff hit, I had this company called uh, Cloud Nation. And I had that lightning bolt and I was able to set a price for my company, sell it, transact it, and then actually collect the money and keep it. Mm -hmm. Okay, does that, I mean, how many people are able to say that? Well, right. that, that brings me to, that's a really, let's, let's start with that. Cause that's a really yeah. awesome thing. So, so funny, bro. Are you, you, you I see you like grinning also. Yeah. Isn't, isn't it amazing? Just a good old time over here already. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just, I'm like, so much to ask. So I know, I know. Yeah. yeah. Well, I just did a, a live this morning and we, you know, cause it's like, I was talking to my coach and we just happened to be in the same room. We're like, let's turn on yeah. live. 
see what comes. And it was literally like this exact stuff. So here's, here's a question. So in that moment, right? Okay. We have a goal. Okay. I'm going to build a company. I'm going to get this number, et cetera. And I love that you added, and I'm actually going to keep that money. Yep. Which that's kind of where the self-worthiness and sabotage mm-hmm. comes in. When we create these kind of big goals that individuals have, that's when that little bug in our brain, as you like to call it, that's yep. when he comes out and is like, hmm, 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 I don't know. I don't know. Let's, let's, let's sabotage this somehow. So right. in that moment, like walk people through clearly worthy issues came up yes. as creating this, as you're in the process of selling this, things yep. like that. Like how does one in the moment, because this is like a moment by moment by moment phenomenon, how does one or how would you suggest one looks at the uh, worthiness issue? Well, you have to recognize when you um, have exceeded your worthiness threshold. So it's kind of like a thermostat, right? So a guy named Guy Hendricks wrote a book called The Big Leap. Um, great book, right? And that talks about what he calls the upper limit. And he didn't really kind of go as far into why, why you have an upper limit and what those people's are. And how, he, he really wrote about the, the evidence of it, if you would. And so it's kind of like a thermostat. So we have an upper and lower limit for worthiness and we tend to bounce between those two going up and down with our quality of life. Right. And so what you're talking about is shooting past that limit, right? We're going right past this limit. And all of a sudden I'm in this area that I simply do not psychologically at my steep psyche level feel I'm worthy of receiving. And I call that the red zone. You're in this red zone area and all sorts of crazy behaviors come out, right? And, uh, and mm-hmm. look at it, sports figures, right? We got so many sports figures that are living in this red zone and they just roll a grenade right in on their world and blow it up, man. Yeah. I mean, hell, we got a president right now that I don't really think he wants to be president and he's rolling grenades all over the place, right? No. You know, So there's, there's things like that that happen and you've got to know and recognize that you're in that red zone. So for me, and I think it can be unique for each individual, but it has these generic qualities yeah. to it. Free-floating anxiety, like just, I don't feel good, mm-hmm. right? I'm just nervous and I don't know why. Why am I not enjoying this? I've just collected $500,000 in cash for selling my initial my company and I'm getting paid out over the next years. Why am I not happy, mm. Right. What we find that is if you don't take worthiness with you, you'll just destroy it eventually and bring it back down. So at that level, for me, it's distraction. I do that. Remember that in the movie Up, right? Where they got dog go squirrel like that? Yeah. That's me. That is so me. Staying focused, not procrastinating, not delaying, not going look at the next shiny object. Stay on task, number one. Number two, um, I tend to manifest physical problems. So mine comes out in, I got this little thing on my hand here that I pick at. And every time I know that I pick at this dang thing, I know I'm in the red zone. Hmm. It's, it's a weird thing, right? Yeah. Um, I know people get back spasms, right? Yep. They get neck problems. They don't, they don't feel good. They eat really poorly, right? So there's all these things things that I wrote about in the book and I put them, basically I put them under the seven deadly sins like guttonly sloth and be greed, right? And those are the ways by which we pull ourselves out of that red zone back into our comfort zone again 
through those behaviors, you know, greed turns into theft, right? And stealing, right? And envy turns into damaging behaviors with other people and stuff. Yeah. So that's my, that's how I look at it. Right. I think what, what we see, so we were just talking about this too, is, is like the difference between goal setting and outcome setting. Right. Where, where like people who are really struggling or goal setting, they set some kind of time limit, the expectation is not met. Or right. overwhelm in the body ensues and then it triggers the old programming. So a lot of times what we actually see is people overstretching, not mentally what they want to accomplish, but fit, but physically in the biomechanics of the body and the mind body connection that the body itself is like, I'm not programmed for that. You know, right. like, so I am going to what I know to do, which is get into overwhelm. And then it's like the very creation that should be exciting for you is actually creating more of the old programming in the system. You're actually going against it. So like an example would be um, a 300-pound man who wants to get healthy and is like, well, I would love to have a six-pack. But the idea for a 300-pound man who's programmed himself that way, a six-pack is the most overwhelming idea in the world. And while that's a great outcome, it's a terrible goal. It's not realistic in his brain. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Right, right. And so so one of the things you guys probably are very familiar with is what is the next incremental realistic thing that they say that is a success for them. And that's the part that I think is so critical is that success is, is pliable, right? It's, it's malleable, right? We can take it like clay and say, okay, well, we just mold it to the next success and move your way up. Because what I know is worthiness doesn't go like, doesn't go boom. It's, it's incremental, yes. right? Yeah. It's a turning of a wrench, if you would. Uh, I like what you said there about also the difference on the physical body piece of this Every single person I've worked with around this stuff and myself is that if I didn't have a statement to this effect, it sounds like this. I'm in love with my body. I love the outcomes of my body. My body works in perfect harmony with all the different components of my life. I love who I see in the mirror. Mm. If you leave out the body portion of the, the manifestation part, if you would, you will, you will internalize this and your body doesn't keep up with you on the mental state, right? So you get this disconnect and they snap, right? The body starts reacting. You get sick. I remember one person we went through this exercise with and they left out the body part and they literally got themselves into the hospital because they had the worst pneumonia from having jumped up to a success point. And the body just said, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. Hold them straight back down. Short circuit. The short circuited, right? That's right. That's how powerful that psyche is on that worthiness level, man. It just snapped them. Mm-hmm. And then they started working up like that. And then they haven't been sick since, which is really an amazing movement if you think about it. It's amazing. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's, look, it's, I always say this all the time. It's all relationships, right? Relationship to self, relationship to God, relationship to money, relationship to the environment. So internally, we have a relationship between the subconscious and conscious minds. And then there's like the superconscious. However, it's like for most people, it's like it's an uninvestigated relationship. They're just all conscious and it's like they know that there's things running in the background, but they're not communicating with this. And it's because it's because it's like that little boy, that little girl got scared somewhere along the way. And you said, hey, you don't get a voice anymore. And it's and that's the thing that's running the show. <laughs> that's <laughs> really interesting. Yeah. that guy. I, I tell you, you, you just nailed a chapter in the book called The Routine Engine. I mean, you guys are like speaking my language here. This is the first time I've ever talked to anybody ever who understood what the heck I was talking about in advance of the book, right? Um, the, uh, 
the routine engine is this. So right now, a little bit of science, right? You got the basal ganglia sits on top of your spinal cord and you got the cortex on top of that. And, you know, I'm not a brain guy, right? But I study and I'm a scientist at heart. I practically got the scientific method tattooed on my forehead, right? Nice. So this is, it's a juxtaposition problem for me, right? I'm a scientist mm-hmm. at heart, but I'm also a spiritual guy. Mm-hmm. And so you have this set of, of cells in your brain that are permanent. I, I don't know if you guys knew this or not, but every brain cell, your neurons, for the most part, 95% of them are permanent. You were born with them. Mm-hmm. And you grow into a few more, but all the rest of your body is being swapped out. Constantly. Right? Constantly, right? Constantly, right? All these different cells and everything like that. So there's this routine engine in your brain that's constantly keeping the system alive, right? Am I breathing? Am I eating? Am I drinking water? Am I safe? Am I safe? Am I safe? Am I safe, right? And then when you're growing up from the ages of about two to about 10, you're downloading, right? You're programming that engine, right? And here's the problem at a young age is that you don't have discernment. Mm. You don't know what is true yet. Hmm. And that's why we see so many people at adolescence finally go boom and they shoot off because they start understanding what is true or not, right? But when you're little and you're chartered with somebody to take care of you and you don't get what you need, you're set with an identity and you will always live into that identity until something changes that routine engine. And as far as I'm concerned, those are bugs. Those are bugs in my programming. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and how do we patch them? You guys have been doing this for a while now. You seem to be very, very successful at it, which I'm yeah. really stoked to hear. Yeah. I was, I was saying to uh, Robert, like we were talking and he goes, I'm worthy. You know, like I, I look at worthiness and I was like, you know, that we say the number one human epidemic is a lack of worthiness. Self-worth. He's like, he's like what? <laughs> he's like, I've never heard I did. that. Um, I have a question because I want to go back to this red zone thing. So yeah. Tell me if I'm, if I'm on, the, on the path here. Like in order to, or look, if, if our lives were simple, and I mean simple in the stand, like we're not striving to sell companies. We're totally content mm-hmm. you know, being an employee, having this. Am I right in saying like these conversations, the, the thing about worthiness, it's not really coming up. Like there's no trigger for it because like, oh, this is just my life. Right. Right. So we hit the red zone when we're up to something bigger than what our comfort or our old programming says is comfortable for us. Correct. That's right. Correct. Okay. So inevitably, the, the conclusion I think to that is like if you are a growth seeker, someone who is always looking to expand, mm-hmm. you're going to get into the red zone. Always. Okay, great. Always. So with that being said, and we say, we say it this way, I'm sure you say it slightly different, like you got to get really good with getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Absolutely. So Without a doubt. Yeah. So in that red zone, right? Like I love what you pointed out, which is be aware, right? There's things that are happening in your body. There's things that are happening in your life. There's probably words that you're saying. There's sleep patterns that are changing when you're in this state, right? So like, that's right. First step, I, I, amazing awareness, like how does someone get comfortable or more comfortable, I should say, with being in the red zone, knowing that like, we got to be in the red zone to get to where we want to go in the first place. Right. So right, right. 
Let, let's walk people through that. So I've been involved with mentoring and coaching people for 25 years, right? So I didn't know I was actually lifting or helping them lift um, self-worth early on until my own personal journey, right? And then I, it was like this puzzle pieces came together. But what I found was that while you're in those areas, awareness starts with just basically recognizing that I have thoughts that are going in the wrong direction, right? Mm-hmm. I look at it as like traffic. Traffic coming from the West is, are positive thoughts and traffic coming from the East are negative thoughts, right? And I can choose which car I can be in. And the best way to start doing that is meditation, right? You have to get some kind of mindfulness practice going in your life. Forget about the spiritual side of it. Just just toss that away. You don't want to be a Buddhist or a Hindu or you don't want to have a yoga or do hot yoga or any of that kind of stuff, right? Let's just forget that for a minute. Let's just talk science. Mm-hmm. The science and the benefits around, around just meditation are overwhelming, right? There's a whole bunch of there. So just do it from a scientific point of view. But it gives you the, te- the ability to do a couple things. One, and that is to respond as opposed to react. So if you are in the middle of a red zone, your natural tendency is to run, and that is to react, and that is to say something bad to your wife when she just gave you the most impressive gift on the planet and she blew you right past the intimacy level that you have with your relationships. And next thing you know, you're fighting with the woman of your life. And you don't know why. Yep. Right? So at least you can respond. The other part is this. If you can get a mentor or coach who understands what it is you're dealing with, and that is red zone, red zone, red zone. That person is there to be the witness to you, and they are looking for specific language and behaviors that indicate self-sabotage. Now, a coach needs to understand that. If you can't find somebody that does that, get a friend. Get somebody you trust. If you can't afford a coach, go get somebody in your life and you say, hey, I need somebody to help me out with this, okay? We have all sorts of people in our life that can help us with that, right? It's wonderful. So there. It's, it's yes. I think friends, you have to be a little bit careful of. I agree. Um, we, we tend to be in circles where generally people think a lot like you. They're your friends because- That's a good point. They generally agree- with your outlook on life. And so, you know, one of the things we spoke about this morning is like, okay, so you want to create success in, in intimate relationships. And I love that you brought that because a lot of times people are like worthiness, red zone, things like that. It's like, we go to money, right? Like, oh, that applies to business. So I love that you took it to the intimacy. Like you have a red zone in intimacy. (laughs) You have a red zone about your health. You have a red zone about everything. And so generally like the people that are in your friend circle have mm-hmm. likely similar outlooks, mm-hmm. similar conversations, similar programs about certain things. And so if you're seeing an upgrade in that, you really want to be surrounding yourself with people who are having different kinds of conversations and are not going to be there just to agree with you. And a lot of the times, you know, when your friends don't agree with you, you're like, well, F you, I'm going to not be friends with you anymore. Right, you right. Have that, you don't have that understanding. Like I said yesterday to my wife, we're in a partnership. And my brain, when I hear someone like have something happen, my brain automatically goes into coach mode. Like, yeah. well, you know, it's your this. I'm not her coach. Oh. No, and I'd like to resent you for it too. Exactly. And that would be a (laughs) shitty relationship if I asked you. 
So we had that whole conversation, which I thought was interesting. I personally like, I agree with you 100%. You know, if you don't have someone to talk to that can give you a slightly different perspective, that's not going to baby you and go, oh, it's okay. Tell me how you feel, which is fine. It's just like, if the intention is, okay, I'm speaking to you to upgrade this in my life. That's a different intention. You listen differently. You approach that conversation differently. And I think you have opportunity for growth with that. Um, I love that you brought out, and I just want to highlight this, like respond versus react. And for for people who don't necessarily know that, I don't know know that I want to specifically go into that. Like go into YouTube and just type in the science of meditation. Yep. Just watch a few of those videos. It is with now what they're learning about the brain. It is amazing. This technology that's been around for 5,000 plus years. Like, yeah, it works. Yeah. It's a reason it's been around for 5,000 years. It works. It works. You know, it gives you, it just gives you a distance between the world outside of you and the chance to just see it for what it is, as opposed to like, you guys have done a lot of work outside of this about not labeling something as bad. Yep. Right. And my brain will automatically go to labeling something bad. And I always wanted to know why was it doing that? Mm. And, uh, because of my, my self-worth setting, it immediately labeled anything outside that range as bad to bring it back down again. So yep. I would not experience that good result. So I got a question for you guys, actually. Yeah. Please don't mind. Um, what's been your experience around the law of attraction and raising self-worth? <laughs> okay. Big kind of loaded, loaded question. All right. Yeah, no, no, it's so no, been a fantastic we question. We talk about this all the time. Yeah. So, so I want to actually like, so the law of attraction is, is starting to bother me and it is starting to bother me because I actually don't think you're attracting, you're allowing. So it's like, Fair it's, enough. Like, it's the law of allowing, right? Like self-worth is a practice and what am I going to allow in my life? And the attraction you're experiencing like is based on what you are allowing. So it's like, we've made this thing like, I need to become a magnet. I need to talk about the things. I need to visualize the things. Yeah, those are components of it. But if the basal function of, a, of what I believe I'm worth hasn't shifted, I don't give a shit what you're creating right. or what you're visualizing. It, it might be chipping away at it and picking at it, but it's like, okay, do you want to get results coming out of a hose or do you want to stand under a waterfall and be like, holy shit, there's so much coming at me right now. Right. So, and, and, it, and, it, and again, the more you study the development of children, what you realize is there's no such thing as an adult. That doesn't exist. You just have children in larger bodies. That's it. None of us are toys. None of us are really growing up past that. We could say an adult is a possibility. Like being wealthy is a possibility, right? Like you can choose in, but the fact that you're bigger and now have some responsibilities does not define you as what we are calling an adult. So it's like what I've seen, and maybe I'm going a little off track here, but like with adults is like, we've, we've made it almost like an adult is somebody who no longer feels the things you felt when you were a child. Mm. It's That's like a really good insight guy. I, I actually like that thought. Yeah. It's like, don't, don't do those things. You don't get right. to have a tantrum anymore. You don't get to get hostile anymore. You don't get to feel anymore. That's what children do. And yeah, it's yeah. like, okay, well you're now saying I'm going to create this giant disconnect between my actual programming and what my conscious brain is telling me that's allowed. Yeah. So you were saying like, what's good, what's bad. Yeah. That's how you start labeling. That's bad. Oh, when, you know, like kids have a tantrum, 
and we don't like that because we're adults and adults don't have tantrums. We're very well put together, you know, and all that bullshit. And then it's like, no, but that's how they're discharging energy so that they're freaking sane again. Yes. And when we get old, we're, we just don't have room for that anymore. So it's cute right. when a kid's doing it, terrible when an adult is doing it. I think that's one of the big shifts that we got to start making is we stop needing to create a distinction. It's like, no, it's just small human, big human. And, and ultimately, it's like, um, you know, everybody and we get upset at each other for the things that upset the other person. We're like, how could you get upset about that? How could you not see that? But when you study the development, you realize that there's this big arc of development cycle. And eventually some trauma comes along and, and stops a portion of that development cycle. And for some people that's really young, like two years old, like really before they have a single memory, right. for all of us, more or less, though, it's precognition, which also should clue you in that if it's precognition, it means it's pre-lingual, which means that conscious thought and languaging alone is not nearly enough to change a behavioral behavioral thing. Yep. So, if, if, so the trauma usually happens between, let's say, two and seven, which means at some point in that development arc, in that development cycle, some part is incomplete. So when you're looking at somebody else and going like, how are they doing that? It's just a different part of the development cycle that they're incomplete about that you just have complete. So you can, you're not understanding why they could see the world that way. But if you understand that arc, you understand everybody is deficient at some point of the arc. So for me, it's like, how do we start transforming the planet? It's like having empathy for all of it. Like the guy who shot people in Vegas fucked up. I get it. But there's a condition that's happening there. If there's a condition, if there's not more like conspiring things happen there, which I don't know. And I'm not going to make assessments about if we don't have empathy for that person, the same way we would have empathy for the people getting shot, I think we're doing it wrong mm. because we're perpetuating a cycle of judging people who are not completing development cycles instead of going, how do we get everyone to complete their development cycles? And if you actually understand that, like the feeling of connection, trust, safety, wholeness and completion, love, all of it comes from, I got to feel whole over here or I don't get those things mm -hmm. in my life. Nor, nor do you see it. You don't exactly right, right, right. So there's a there's a spot that I I really gotta go deep on this. I think about writing another book just on this topic alone, and that is and it goes like this: as I see me, I see you. Yep. Okay. That's the only way. It's the only way it happens. Right. Here's my my perspective. Is me. My glasses right here are how I see you, right? And if I put on these glasses that I don't like my physical body, like this is something I use often. I've struggled with weight most of my life, right? I grew up in a a place where sugar was my first addiction, mm. period, right? And I still am challenged with it today. Yep. And I'm physically fit now. I love my body and stuff like that. But whenever I'm in the red zone, sugar is my first drop note that I know something's wrong. If I'm going mm. straight to a candy bar or a piece of cake or something like that, I'll be walking through an airport, boom, right? So, that, so, so because I have this deep wiring guy around how I see myself, I instantly have had prejudging of other people's physical bodies as I see them, right? So I see somebody who struggles with weight in the way I see it, and I don't like myself, so therefore I don't like you. Yep. Right? And all that, all that really is. And so that's been one of my personal, personal journeys is to get right with me physically. And when you said, where's that energy going with adults? Guess what? It's coming right back inside and banging around like a bunch of marbles in a dryer, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. That loud in my head, that loud physically, that loud, you know, like, and you see, like I said, it comes out of my hand when I, when I got a red zone problem, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. So for me, if you're a listener on this call and you're watching this video here, I, I implore you, implore you, go to the bathroom, look in the mirror and say, I love my body. Exactly how it is right now. Exactly. I love my body. Period. Period. Doesn't need any more explanation. And look at yourself in the mirror. Now, you may not believe it. You may start laughing. You may say, this is stupid. But let me tell you, if you do that 90 days in a row, you will literally brainwash your routine engine to start getting that language in your head. It's basically NLP, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Getting that stuff in that the, the mirror work that uh, that they talked about back in the day, right in the sixties and seventies. Yeah, yeah, it works. It works. Yeah. It works, it we works every time. My kids this weekend. You know, something that I will add to that, especially for mm. someone who's losing weight, lost weight. You know, one of the things with people that have lost weight, they get to that weight, and I've asked many people this: when you look in the mirror, who do you see? Do you see the skinny person or do you still see the fat person? Mm. And more than nine out of 10 times, like 99% of the time, they still see the fat person. Right. And it's one thing to do the physical work. It's a whole other thing to do the mental inside programming stuff. And so one of the things that uh, a practice that we've shared with clients is the thing that you most dislike about yourself. And I'm, I'm using the word dislike. There's, you know, you guys, no, it's fair enough. That's a language. good term. It's like, okay. I hate, if this wasn't part of me, I would be a much better human being. Would have, could have, should have. Yeah, exactly. One of the things that we teach people is like, when you do that mirror work, it's one thing to look at yourself today. Okay. Imagine that aspect of it. So if it's, if it's a weight thing, you imagine the fat kid looking at you in the mirror and you love them unconditionally. Hmm. And one of the things that's really made a difference for me, and I think any parent can really relate to this, is like a lot of the times we speak about, you know, there's that inner child, that two to seven-year-old that's hurt, that right. is trapped now in, like I said, just a bigger adult body, and, and it's still the same little inner child. We are cruel to that inner child. We shut them up in closets and like, don't, don't talk to me. People that are a little more evolved are like, eh, I'll kind of listen, but I'm still going to do whatever the fuck I want. Like, I don't care about you. Right. So I have a six-year-old, uh, I have a six-year-old and a four and a half year old. And when I was doing that work and I was trying to envision myself all these years, myself as six or seven years old, it was good. I could do that but I've never spoken to my six-year-old version. You know, like I don't have that as a neuronal pattern where it's like, oh, this is what that feels like. But if I've had conversations with my son where he's scared or he's hurt or that, and I can tell you, and I'm sure every parent will agree that because we unconditionally love those kids, you are so gentle and so great with them. And if you were that way with yourself, like when your inner child goes up and is like, I don't feel good enough and I'm really scared and blah, blah. And you're like, shut the fuck up. We have a big meeting to go to right now. Like I don't yeah, have power time. through it. Yeah. Right? Power through it, man. <laughs> yeah. It's power through it. Like if your six-year-old walked up to you and said to you, 
Chad, I feel so unworthy right now. Like I can't go into that room. You're not going to be like, shut up. I'll get back to you later. You're going to be like, I mean, I got chills just saying it. You would be devastated and you would get down and you would love on them and support on them and do everything in your possible love language to make that kid feel so loved and so supported and know that he's godlike, right? Yeah. Why don't we do that with ourselves? Because we're addicted to pain. (laughs) (laughs) We're addicted to resiliency. That too. But if you remember, God, I love the power of now with uh, Eckhart Tolle, right? He's got this one saying right in the middle of it. I mean, it's the jewel of the whole book. And he says, we are addicted to pain. Mm. This is back where you write, right? You know, you, you got this, you nailed it. I mean, you absolutely, totally nailed the whole genesis of self-worth, right? And so, I, you know, I, you, you brought me right back to an experience I had as a kid, right? You know, I, there was a lot of trauma going on in my life at the time. I was not okay as an adult with that story anymore. Mm. Okay. I just didn't, didn't want that story anymore. There's specifically there's a couple of events. Right. And I didn't, and I just got tired of, of living it in my head, right. Or writing it down or talking about it, or journaling about it or going to see a psychic about it or whatever. Right. I was feeding it this energy, right. Just constantly feeding this energy. I wanted to be free of it, not just in its nature, but I said, okay, I came up with this exercise and it worked. I took the whole energy ball. I literally looked at it as a ball and I grabbed it, stuck it in a box, closed the lid and stuck it on a shelf with the other ones that, that I wanted to just kept in the box. Right. So that mentally happened. The other part with this is I wrote down what I wanted to happen, the event to be a certain way. And so I wrote about how my parents picked me up and loved on me, how my friends looked at me at school the girl didn't laugh at me, right? Yep. Right. I wasn't embarrassed in class, right? I didn't get picked on when I walked down the hallway when I was a kid. Stuff like that. And I wrote out that new story and then I read it every day. And it was amazing. I mean, literally, it did not take very long at all for me for that to stay in that box. And I had this new story in my head. And boy, what a freedom that came with that. I mean, not only did I relieve myself, but the person who I had the resentment towards or that individuals or whatever they were, they were free too. It was weird. I mean, literally like two or three days after I started doing that, they would call me and start talking in a completely different tone. Yep. It's amazing. It's amazing shift. I mean, the energy shift that happens because the three of us are connected right now. Totally. Yep. Right. If I close my eyes and I think about you guys, the emotions that you have. And if I go deep enough and long enough, I know I can sense what it is that you guys are going through. Yes. I just know I have that. Yep. yep. Right. Truck energy. So that's exactly right. So we're, we're moving at a certain vibration. When I'm moving at that, that pain vibration with those other people, I'm taking them along with me as well. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I have to release that. And the way that I have found for me and the people that I've worked with, much like you guys, is that if I focus on self-worth, worthiness, the language of worthiness, the elevation of worthiness, the worthiness of you are worthy of a great life. You have a great life. You are living a great life. You are wealthy and by all measures of a person, right? All these things, this language. I can move forward. I can move forward, right? Yeah. It's good stuff, man. 
So I just wanted to pause here for a moment and let you know that if you're someone who's ready to take massive steps in your relationships, your health, and your finances, we've created an amazing tool for you. There is an all-new Satori Prime app now available in the iTunes and Google Play Store. All you have to do is go there and type Satori Prime and download it today. Now, you'll immediately gain access to our 10-part mini-series where we're going to delve into your limiting beliefs your fears, and all that's been holding you back from truly living the have-it-all life. More than that, you'll be able to share your victories with your fellow Satorians, as well as ask Guy and I for feedback about anything that's occurring in your life today. So if you've ever wanted to delve deeper into the concepts similar to the ones that we share here with you every single week, well, now you can. So just go grab the app, either in the iTunes store or the Google Play Store. If you want to download it to your desktop, you can also go to app.satoriprime.com and grab it there and start your journey today. And with that, let's jump back into the podcast. It's it's really beautiful. You know, I think we we we're we're storytellers, right? Like right. humans are storytellers. It's how we upload and download information to each other. So when we have any experience, traumatic or otherwise, or beautiful, we start sharing the stories. Now we naturally embellish details. It's mm. built in. That's what humans do. If we're talking, we're embellishing. So like, if I tell you like, oh, how did you do today? And I say, well, you, I worked a little bit today. And you're like, okay, well, I worked uh, for two hours. But there's a part of you know, that knows that that's a lie because you only worked for an hour and a half. But we'll stretch the truth just a little bit more because our ego gets fed by that, right? So now over the years, we tell that story and we embellish just the little details here and there, here and there. Eventually, we forget that we started doing that and that becomes right. the story and we embellish right. our trauma just like we embellish the beauty. And so it's like, of course that's going to work. You're rewriting your own history and it doesn't matter what the history actually was. Exactly. Not to any of us because the brain that's doesn't exactly. know the difference. It doesn't matter if it happened or not. It doesn't. Yeah. So this is so beautiful. And this is where I want to take it is like, we can tell now from fMRI machines that whether you're actually in an experience or whether you're visualizing an experience internally, the brain's firing identically. You want to become a better skier? Ski in your mind. I did it before we went on a trip this year. I showed up at those ski slopes after five years of not skiing. I skied better than I had skied my entire life. Yeah. I actually sat on the plane. I could feel my muscles and my body firing as if I was carving up the slopes. Elon, Elon saw me take that first turn. He's like, it's like you never stopped. Yep. Yeah. Like, I know I practiced before I got here. He goes, how? I said, on the airplane. <laughs> like skiing on the airplane. So here's what a tool I want to give everybody because it's like, we get into these situations where we want to create healing. So I've dealt with a lot of heartbreak for the last like year and a half of my life, Yep. which for me and my identity and survival patterns was like torture from my insides. Cause it's I'm, I'm hardest trigger for your core wounds. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not built for that. Like deep, deep, and like deep love is scary for my, mm. for my uh, survival strategy. So I had to learn about this. Cause I'm like, I don't have, I don't have development to deal with that. So for me, it was like, I, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Right. So I, I want to tell you, like about a month ago, I got complete with it. Like for the first time, I can logistically say like I got complete with it. And then like the different level of healing started from the door still kind of open to the door is just not open anymore. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting here at home. It was like about two weeks after that. And, you know, I would get these like sensations of anxiety and panic that would come through me. And I identified that what was happening for me was that I was worried about future moments of like her either contacting me via phone. Like we live five minutes away from each other. We're in the same community or like I'm out in public and she would show up and everybody who's ever been in a relationship, you know, when your former shows up and you're not ready, you're like, I'm doing really great, but I'm fucking panicking on the (laughs) inside. 
So I, I was like, okay, well, I can wait for the circumstances to arise, but my brain doesn't know the difference. It's just anxious that it could happen. So yeah. I sat there for days and meditated on this. I'm like, I'm actually going to imagine that happening. I'm going to sit at a restaurant and I'm going to imagine her walking in. I'm going to hold my phone in my hand, not really, you know, like imagining, and I'm going to have her call me. And I went through all the things that I was really anxious about. I just got clear about what they were. And I let my body feel those things because I knew like eventually she could walk in and I'm going to be like, plastic, no, no big deal. You know, there she is. Yeah. So like I actually put myself in all the anxious states because what the body wants is to discharge anxiety. And usually the way it does it is by creating the situation anyway. We like attract it to us like a magnet. It's like, of course she shows up. Now I feel like shit. Of course she calls me. Now I feel like shit. So I'm like, why would I wait for those circumstances? Let me create it. Let me clear that energy that wants to move through the body anyway. And I did that. And then I'm like, I'm good. I know she could show up and I'd be like, hey, how you doing? You know, like I've already, I've already gone through the motions. So for me, I'm getting to this point where I'm like, we're living in a matrix, whether the eyes are closed or open. It doesn't matter. It's the same thing. In fact, like, I, yeah, I'm starting to have wild ideas about this. I won't get into it here because it's like, no. yeah, we could have a whole nother conversation. Around <laughs> we could do that. a 10 parter on that one alone. <laughs> I said we're going to have fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty so funny. For me, stuff. Yeah. So for me, I'm like, all right, well, what do I want to achieve now in my life? I'm actually investing a lot of time with eyes closed going through those motions internally because what I realize is I'm now setting the frequency of the body as if it's already happened. Right. And if in my experience, in my mind, in my mind-body connection, it's already happened, now it's just a matter of time. Momentum needs kicked in now. Absolutely. Like Momentum. if you can connect, like time doesn't exist and the mind is obsessed with the linearity and time, but that's nonsense. We're in a quantum universe. We're in a quantum multiverse. So it's like, it's all available to you. The things that aren't coming through are the parts of the field that you're turning a blind eye to and just not seeing. So it's like what, what shows you something is allowing yourself to go through a particular experience, kinesthetically, auditory, and visually. You can do those three things. You are reprogramming the circuitry of your body to believe that that's the truth. Yep. And once you believe something is the truth, it's an inevitability, inevitability in this universe, in multiverse. So I just started doing that. And I'm like, uh, it's boggling my mind. I'm, I'm expanding so quickly. And the things that are occurring in my life, I'm like, everything is just a freaking blessing. And I know people say that all the time, like, I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed. There's the mental aspect of that, but there's the body going like, yeah, you are. Yeah. You know, there was a, there's a, a saying that's been banging around in my head. I was raised Roman Catholic, um, as a kid. Right. Yep. And, uh, confirmed all the way up. And then, uh, I've had nothing but positive experiences around the church. Right. And I just left when I was about 18 cause it didn't quite suit me anymore. Cool. Um, but, uh, I, am like I said, so I want to be clear on that. Right. It's been a, it was a, it was a good experience at the time, but the priest always used to say something. And this came back to me. It's like been in my head for like 10 years now. And I never really quite got it, but he would be up there doing the Eucharist and he'd break it apart and stuff. And he'd say, um, he'd say this, uh, Lord, I'm not worthy to receive you, but only say the word and I shall be healed. Mm. And I, and I, and it finally dawned on me some time ago and I go, whoa, 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 wait a second. Cause that's what Jesus Christ said, right? <laughs> he goes, God, I'm not worthy to receive you. I got a self-worth problem. Mm. Right. So they knew this, what, 2000 years ago, no. I am not worthy to receive you. What's the receiving part? Everything that you're just talking about, guy, all that good coming in, that brightness, that light, that love, that a flow of abundance that is always ever present. It's always there. 
but only say the word. And I go, well, what's the word? We're doing it right now. You're practicing the word. What's the word? I'm sitting in the now. Say the word. Say the word. The word is I am love. I am good. I am wealthy. I am capable. I am walking in grace with my former Mm. partner. The word is I am and I shall be healed. Mm. Lord, I'm not worthy to receive you, but only say the word and I shall be healed. And then you, in Catholic, you eat the Eucharist, right? And boy, man, I I finally kind of connected the dots with the old and the new and the stuff like that, you know, and I'm always looking for where people were right. Where are those other religions? Where are those other secular people? Where are those, everybody has some piece that's good that I can learn from, right? What can I take in and absorb? And it was such an opening for me to say, you know what? If this guy, Jesus had it down good, you know, maybe I might be able to learn something from yeah. him too, right? You know, no. I can close the door on that and pretend like, you know, Christian's bad and Muslim's good and whatever, what else? Like that, I got to be open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it worked for that's, me. Anyways, I started to kind of... Yeah, that, I, I feel like that's what makes at least Guy and I unique in that mm. we didn't subscribe to this training or that training. We're... Right. In a, in a sense, like experienced junkies, and we yeah. love to get the experience from everything and everyone. Everything's got, you know, to our brain, like, this is really good, this is really bad, like intertwined in the same thing, because that's the duality of everything. Yep. For us, it's like, I can go into anything, find the good that is helping my game of expansion, and everything else that doesn't work for me, I don't judge it like, oh, right. that, I'm like, you guys keep that. I'm just going to grab this because that's fucking awesome. And that guy was a genius. Like, yep. you guys should listen to that, you know, yep. and then just go on with it. Um, the only thing, like, in this conversation that I think we haven't touched on yet, with it, which I think is very important to bring to the conversation, a concept of love and appreciation. So you guys both just shared about different instances, you know, guy with his uh, former, you mm-hmm. would weight, different things like that. And I've found for myself the fastest way to expansion at a a really accelerated pace is this notion of finding love and appreciation for all of these things that arise. So when you get pinged, when you, you know, uh, Robert, get a message of like, go grab that candy bar. Like finding love and appreciation for that inner child going, go get the candy bar. Cause that is feedback. That's an amazing opportunity. Like if we all come from the same point and I'm sure Robert, you're, you're of this mindset. Like, you know, we are a soul having a human experience. Right. We come here multiple times to grow. Yep. So we've all programmed in this lifetime right? To probably meet each other and to be on these certain paths. And we've programmed the messengers, right? Like the people who did us wrong. We've programmed the weight issues and the heartbreaks and all that stuff. Why? Because we knew that that's where our our growth potential is. And so where most people go through life and when a circumstance happens or they get sick or someone, you know, does you wrong, they go into like, F you, da, 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 da. like that gunman, and I know this is probably going to get a lot of flack from people. Like that gunman was programmed to come here. 
we as a humanity have been requesting from Trump to murderers to terrorists. Why? So we can wake the fuck up. And like those people are just as godlike as any of us. They've come from the same exact place. They've just chosen to do a job on behalf of all of us so dark, so dark that we all get to look at and learn from internally and go, wow, why am I so angry at that? That's my work. Why am I so envious or jealous of him or her? That's my work. Why do I look at this person that deals with this, right? Like that's all amazing feedback. And the more you love and appreciate that feedback, as uncomfortable as it is most of the time, I found the faster it comes because you're now like, send it to me. I'm open to receive all this feedback because I know it's for my growth and development. Where most people, that stuff happens to them. It's like so much resistance. I don't want to feel that. I don't want to see that. And you spend so much energy like, oh, and it's just debilitating. That's where sickness comes from and all that other stuff. Let me um, add on this. Yeah, Come into our time here. But I, I want to add something very personal. You brought this up, Bailon. I So I, I work and mentor a lot of folks that are in recovery. Okay. Mm. A lot of folks who struggle with addiction. And two weeks ago, one of them OD'd and died. He was a guy that I, God, I just loved him to death. Oh my God. It was a couple, three years. And, and, you know, when you're older, like I'm 56, right? So I'm coming up and having grandkids with my oldest son, right? And stuff. So when you have younger men coming into your life, who are 20, 25, 20, like that, they look at you as a father figure, right? And this is what he was doing with me. So that's as close as I felt to... A, an empathy as I possibly could find when I, when I lose somebody that's close to me like that through that way. Right now I'm okay. When my, my grandparents passed on, right. It's part of life. It's just kind of the evolution. Right. And we, we work through it and stuff like that. But when something gets cut short, that's when we, as humans, we, we just viscerally come up, right. We just, we anger because the potential is gone. The potential is gone. And over the years though, I know and I know this about myself, is that I have to take the observer role in this. I have to step back and let my pain be the pain that it's going to be. But it's not me, though. Mm-hmm. It is not me, right? You're talking about this guy, the gunman in, in Las Vegas. I am 100% with you there. Absolutely. I said to my wife when I heard it happen, I go, where, how broken or how turned inside that this individual had to be to get him in his mind that that would have to be a way to go do something? Yeah to end it, right? And what message was he sent here to say to us? Yeah. Yeah. That maybe maybe the issue around guns is is gone far enough, right? Or maybe the the way that we look at our society and how we address some of these social issues here needs to come continue to rise to the surface and we can't ignore them anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, these these movements that are happening in our country today right now are are so important to me. The elevation of the feminine in our life is so yes. critical. So critical that we have to elevate our feminine. As men, I serve my wife. Mm. As a man, I serve her because she is the embodiment of life. And when you're the embodiment yes. of life, that's the highest form as far as I'm concerned. I got goosebumps, man. You got me all done. Yeah, me too. Me too. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm I and so 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 the serving of the feminine gives me purpose and I hope it gives you guys purpose too. You know, we yeah. find that, that people in our life, whether it's our mom, our sisters, our, our the women in our life, you know, they're the life givers and we got to help them out. So 
when someone is taken out and they murder somebody or something like that, or they die, something like that, it kind of goes in violation of that feminine love and that giving and that peace, right? You know, and, and we break off on there. So whatever we got to do to raise that up, I'm with you guys. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. you know I'd be more than happy to talk with you endlessly on these topics because yes. they're, they're so passionate to me myself. So yeah. I'm so yeah. grateful that you invited me here. <laughs> Likewise, man. I, I, I love the, I love the synchronicity. Um, I, yeah. And just to like to kind of put a loop on that for me, I, I couldn't agree more. Like the work of our time is to increase the divine feminine energy on the planet, mm-hmm. to bring Gaia back into the conversation, to yep. connect, with, connect with that energy. And guys, that doesn't mean like that's harmonizing within ourselves, the feminine oh, yeah. and masculine. I used to think of it as like a balancing act that actually shifted for me very recently because a balancing means one's always tipping and then a harmony is just living, living together, right? Not, mm-hmm. not in codependency, but an in interdependency. We are interdependent right. on these energies within ourselves. Not to mention as a man, when you have and raise the, the frequency of the feminine within you, you have a point of contrast to view yourself from that allows you to choose into your experiences easier. Like when I want to be masculine, I love that I can now choose in before it was just power through everything, you know, parade through everything. And it's like, yes, there's a softness to the feminine, but there's a fierceness to the feminine and the creative oh, yeah. is in the feminine. And, you know, so it's like, we, we think of it as this like delicate thing. And while it is in a lot of its ways, it's also, like you said, like life, like something that creates life is not necessarily just delicate. Oh, so it's, no, no, it's, 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 it's magnificent is what the word I use for it. It's brilliant. Cool. You know, and the magnificence and brilliance often is, is extremely powerful, Absolutely. right? Anyway, so I know you have to go. um, I do. And I would love, love, love to continue this conversation. I'm sure we'll talk offline and how we can make that happen. Yeah, Um, I'd love to, man. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, where can people find out more about your work and what you're doing in the world? So, um, uh, Robert Christensen, right? So, I'm the author of The Bug in Our Brains on Amazon on both Kindle as well as hardback and paperback. I'm going to be doing an audible version while I'll be speaking the book here shortly. So, that'll be up there in about a month. And then uh, motiveforlife.com, that's all spelled out motiveforlife.com. I'd be more than happy to talk with anybody to get that listens to this program and stuff. You know, we actually have a coaching team that participates as well, much like you guys. I really, really would want to help you guys in any way possible, right? To per- perpetuate what it is that you guys are doing today because I love your message. Same. Anyway, so that's how you get a hold of us um, uh, and appreciate every time that you had on today. Brilliant. Thank, Thank you, brother. Brilliant, brilliant conversation, guys. So one last reminder before we wrap up here today, if you haven't already grabbed the app that all of your fellow Satorians are going gaga over, then I would recommend to do it right now. Well, I guess if you're driving, maybe not. Just this second, but when you get a chance, go to your iTunes or Google Play Store, search for Satori Prime and download it today. You'll get access, like I said earlier, to an amazing and life-changing 10-part mini-series. And if you want to know the clear steps to create the have-it-all life for yourself, this app is an absolute must. Like I said, and you can hear in my voice, we are incredibly excited to share it with you and be with you inside of our community. So we'll see you there. So that's it, my friends. That's today's episode. I just want to thank you for being part of our Have It All family and truly, truly thank you for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to help or give back in any way possible, the best way would be to share this or any other episode that you loved with your family, friends, or colleagues. And if you'd be so great as to just leave us a rating and a comment on either iTunes or Stitcher, whichever you use, that helps us tremendously. It only takes about two to three minutes of your time and would mean the world to us. 
Finally, I want to let you know that if you want to get even more exclusive content from Guy and I, just head over to satoriprime.com and make sure you join our mailing list. Now, I know what you might be thinking, God, not another mailing list, but I promise you, You'll only get an email or two from us per week and it will always have amazing videos and articles that I'm sure you're going to love, promise. So until next time, you can join our ongoing conversation at the Have It All Facebook group where you can let us know how we're doing and what we can do to improve. Love you all and we'll see you on the next Have It All podcast. Have an amazing, amazing day, my friends. 